This morning, really, this is a bit of a follow-on, well, it's not a bit of a follow-on, it is a follow-on um, from last week. We had the delight of not just Andy, but also Teresa, share with us the apostolic mission and prophetic vision of um, hope. And Andy really took time to unpack really clearly all of our vision objectives and the prophetic words that they are, that really led to their creation. So I just really want to encourage you, if you've not listened to that, please do so because it's a key foundation for what we're going to be doing today and over the coming weeks. Um, so to, today, um, I guess just to say that what we're doing today is, a, is, a, is the start, well, is you're getting the delivery of a process that we took quite some time going through as a vision management team where we prayed individually, we prayed together, we processed, we asked God, what do you want us to do? What's going to be the focus and priority for 2022? And so the area that Mark and I are going to be focusing on and taking time to unpack today, um, Jess sort of spoiled it for us in our Friday notices, but we're going to be looking at discipleship. And our message today we've called Running the Race. So in many ways, discipleship is something we're all called to. Um, It's, you know, something that every single one of us is called to because Jesus called us to it. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the Great Commission. Then Jesus came and said to him, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we're all called to make disciples. Um, and it's, it's actually, it makes so much sense so much sense for a church to have discipleship as a thing that is, is key to who they are. But in addition to that, God has given us some really key specific prophetic words in relation to um, discipleship that I wanted to really pull out today. And what we'll do as we go through this morning, we'll tie them into our vision objectives a little later. So do try and remember what you're about to hear because it will all become clear, hopefully, as we go. Um, so I just want to... Um, unpack a few really key prophetic words from Julian Adams at two different points in our history. First ones were in September 2019, and he said, this is what God gave him to share with us, there's going to be a site or a meeting place on the university campus that's going to enable many people to begin to be discipled in the culture of revival, reformation, and kingdom extension. You're to get ready for that. Some of you are going to have to open up your homes and that spare bedroom so that you can father a generation that have not been fathered. And um, I saw a number of houses being bought that would serve as training facilities to father a generation. I saw young people coming from all over the world to be trained in discipleship homes, not just for the sake of getting or living in community, but for the sake of mission, incarnating the gospel and bringing transformation into some of those communities I saw Hope Church moving in and having physical property footprint, and I could see signs of wonders moving out of those buildings and onto the street. And then I I see some couples living in these spaces that will disciple people. It's like there will be a full-time school of supernatural ministry, but it's like it will be incarnational. In other words, it will happen in the homes. And then February 2013, our effectiveness as a church is not about being gathered together, but about us being sent together. Many teams will go not only to places that Andy and Teresa have been, but will pioneer in other places because of the apostolic DNA being released in this church. And we will be a sent people, an apostolic people, and a people who understand the Father's love. So I just want you to bear those in mind 
um, and Mark's going to now um, just take some time to really unpack kind of a bu- biblical basis for why we care about discipleship so much. Thanks, Jan. Um, yeah, so as Jan said, I get the pleasure of just saying a few words about what the Bible has to say about the grand topic of Christian discipleship. Clearly, it has a lot to say, and I'll only be able to scratch the surface. Um, but I'll just begin by saying you know, Christian discipleship is about being a disciple of Jesus. Um, that's the simplest thing I can say about it, and probably the best thing to remember from this morning. Um, it's uh, about following Jesus. It's about following in his footsteps. It's being, about being obedient to him. Now, this verse, if we can just go to the next slide, I really like this verse. Um, I'm just going to read it out. It says, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. I think for me, this verse captures just a lot, really, about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. I just want to pick out just a few things that, that I find um, important from this verse. Firstly, it's a race. And a race isn't something that we sort of get into by mistake or, or, or we kind of drift through. There's, there's a sense of urgency about being in a race. Secondly, it's a race that we're called to run with endurance. And that means that we need to know ourselves well enough to know, you know, how, how are we going to be still running that race next week? How are we going to be still running it a year from now, 10 years from now? The first part of this verse says we're to lay aside every weight and sin. We often don't like to talk about sin. It's not a very comfortable topic. Um, but I felt like... Uh, that we need, to, we need to kind of speak about this sometimes, and I want to put this as a challenge to myself and to us all, really. I think there are often things that we, we're doing in our lives which we know we shouldn't be doing. So simply, the challenge that I want to put to us is, let's make 2022 a year that we stop doing the things that we know we shouldn't be doing, and maybe start some of the things that we know we should. And how do we do that? Well, a key in this verse is to look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And again, I'm not going to answer this for you, but I'm going to ask you, what does that look like for you? What does that mean in practice, in day-to-day, to to look to Jesus? Because I think that's something we all need to be able to answer and, and then to put into practice. I've just put at the bottom, are we serious about this? Because I think when you start to unpack it a little bit, you realize that this isn't an easy thing, actually. It's not sort of a trivial thing. Um, Serious sometimes maybe carries the connotation of being too sort of studious. And uh, I don't mean it in quite that way, but I mean, are we wholehearted about this? Is this something we actually are going to really go for in our lives, to be a disciple of Jesus? Next slide. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, discipleship can tolerate no conditions which might come between Jesus and our obedience to him. And I just wanted to have that quote up there just again really to help us to understand and to grasp um, that this is, this is a high calling. This is something 
which, is, which we need to devote our whole lives to if we, if we actually mean it. And you know, if we are serious about this, then we're going to need one another to help us along this. And, and actually, we were always meant to do this with each other. We were never called to be disciples alone. In fact, I would say that we're going to need a stir-up. It says in Hebrews, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And I find it interesting to notice that it's not just that we stir one another up when we sort of think about it or notice it, the opportunity necessarily, not that that's bad, but actually we're called to consider how to stir one another up, which is another level of, of intentionality and in thinking about it. How are we going to stir one another up? And so I put this little question at the bottom. Are we just connected, as we often like to talk about, which is a great thing to be known, to know other people, to share the ups and downs of life with one another. But it's not where we, where we end. We want to be more than just connected, and I, and I don't want to trivialize that, but we want to be those people who are stirred up by one another. So I think a really good place to, to go from here would be to have a look at Jesus, wouldn't it? See, how did he, how did he go about uh, impacting and discipling those around him? So I had a look through at Jesus' life. Now, Jesus clearly has an impact on a wide group of people, but actually we only really have a record of him inputting into his 12 disciples, uh, or sometimes the three that he seemed to be closest to, uh, Peter, James, and John. And I had just to look through uh, some of the interactions that, that Jesus has with his disciples and, and picked out these things on the screen. So just quickly, I'll, I'll touch these. So Jesus lived life with his disciples. It seemed he devoted large chunks of time to them. He developed a closeness with them such that John would lean on his chest at the Last Supper. He taught them often more than he would teach to the whole crowd. He gave them challenging missions, like feeding 5,000 people. He rebuked them for lacking in faith and understanding. He called out their true identity, notably with Peter. He created an environment where they aspired to greatness, and he prayed for them. We could send, spend a, a whole morning just unpacking one of those, couldn't we? But I'm not going to. When you go further forward into the New Testament, we see another great example, which is, which is Paul. Um, and Paul understood that Christian discipleship is about being a disciple of Jesus, but also that he had a, a powerful role in enabling that to happen with those around him. He wrote in, in 1 Corinthians, um, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And again, there's a, probably a, a particularly strong example here with how he interacted with Timothy. And I wanted to just pick out some examples um, or some characteristics of that dynamic, how, how he interacted with Timothy. And just notice how many similarities there are here with actually the things that I've pulled out about Jesus. I find it really fascinating actually to see all these, these parallels. So, so Paul lived life with Timothy, invited him to travel with him. He developed a close relationship he taught him very clearly and gave him challenging missions. 
He gave him difficult high bar instructions like share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, but still difficult. <laughs> he called out true identity and he spoke well of him. And he prayed for him constantly, day and night. So, we're going to talk to you about some of the things that we're looking to do this year in Hope Church as in, a, in, a, in an attempt to really stir up this discipleship culture that we think is so, so important in our community. It, but it's not a one-size-fits-all. There's, there's different ways in which we all can embrace this. We all have our different lifestyles and different constraints. Uh, and that's okay. But I, I would just pull out from those examples that we've looked at that at, right at the core of, of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and how we can, how we can uh, encourage one another in that, spur one another on, is that we need to be those people who speak truth to one another. Yes, in love, as we, as we say, but we need to be people who speak truth to one another. And that is something that we can all pursue. So with that, I'm going to hand back to Jan. So amazing, Mark. Thank you so much. Discipleship is just so much about us being the best us that we can be, That because we, we all have a unique place in history that God has carved out for only us, and we have got a unique call on this church family that God wants us to fulfill. Um, and there's, you know, many ways in which discipleship could be applied across the whole, but we just wanted to pull out um, some really key vision objectives that we want to focus on for this year. So um, equipping is, is part of our vision, which discipleship fits very neatly within. Um, so just a reminder um, of those that are behind us. So um, being a people shaped by scripture and transformed by truth, cultivating lives that demonstrate the power of God, helping people to grow into their God-given potential as healthy and whole individuals, coaching and mentoring between and across generations that builds legacy, creating a learning community we um, all can draw from and pour into, being a training and equipping community sought out by others and releasing agents of change and reformers into their spheres of influence. Now, all absolutely stunning, incredible vision objectives. Can we do them all in one year? Nah, nah, no. So we're just going to specifically, we've really felt specifically to focus on three, which are the three that are hopefully highlighted um, behind me. If you keep going through to the next one, here we go, bouncing down, and the next slide. There we go. So those are the three we're focusing on. Um, so we, because we really want to intentionally respond to the prophetic words that I shared, and these tie so clearly in with um, what God has has spoken to us. And so, drum roll please. The uh, activities that we are prioritizing in 2022 that tie in with these vision objectives are firstly, <laughs> All right, okay, great. That was quicker than I thought. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we think that uh, something we should really put some, some focus on is an area that we've not really talked about a lot before um, in, in Hope Church, but it's one-to-one -one mentoring. Um, so, yeah, here we are. Um, first qu good question to answer is why? So, 
let me try and just say a few things about that. I mean, firstly, one-to-one -one mentoring is, is something that allows a focused and personal approach. Um, it's a powerful thing to, to meet up with somebody consistently with the specific goal of being spurred on towards your calling in God. I personally experienced uh, this uh, with Nick Treadgold during the last year and certainly plan to continue uh, drawing on that, that relationship with Nick and benefiting from him. And I was thinking about this, it's, it's, it's difficult to sort of 100% rationalize it, but I found that whole experience energizing, uh, encouraging, and actually have found myself being re-inspired to pursue things that I believe God has spoken over my life. Um, and it's not just me, you know, many other people have really experienced the benefits of one-to-one -one mentoring, including many in, in our community here. One-to-one -one mentoring also uh, clearly follows in the, in the sort of in the footsteps, I suppose, of that Paul Timothy model that I touched on just now. So it's, it's a good biblical precedent for it, and uh, that's always a good thing. And bringing it back a, a little bit closer to home, uh, specifically uh, to our Hope community, uh, we, we really feel like there's, um, you know, there are many people in, in our family who have so much to offer uh, and, and so, much, uh, so much on their lives, really, from God. And pa but perhaps there are some of us who need to grow a little bit in confidence in, in, in what that is, grow in confidence in what it is that God has, has put in you and, and start to believe some of the things that God has spoken over our lives. One-to-one um, -one mentoring is incredibly powerful in, in stimulating and stirring that, that up in us. And, you know, I'd say even um, Nick's not here today, but... He wouldn't mind me saying that uh, even for him, uh, his, his uh, experience of, of working with me during the course of last year, he, he found that an incredibly encouraging thing um, just to see actually how much benefit I got out of, out of that. And, and he, found, he found that actually quite encouraging uh, to himself, <laughs> interestingly. Um, we, we know that, as I say, we know there are so many amazing people in our, in our community. I'm just looking, looking at so many amazing people here, and there are others who are, who are not with us this morning. Um, and we just know that one-to-one -one mentoring is something that can really help us all to pursue what God has for us, um, pursue Him, and pursue um, that, that race that we're all called to run. So the other question I wanted to just address is, is how? How are we going to do this? I mean, from one perspective, we could say, let's just do it. It is one of those things that, in theory, that could, that could be the answer. Uh, actually, we've sort of done that a little bit in the past at times, and if we're honest, probably had mixed results. Um, you know, there are, there, are, there are some great examples of one-to-one -one mentoring happening in our, in our community, and that's, and that's fantastic. And we definitely don't want to just go and create structure and process for the, for the sake of it. That's, that's not what any, anybody wants. Um, but what we do want to do is we want to do a good job of supporting people to do, to do this well. Um, and and that will include people who've never done it before at all. So there will need to be some support and process to it. As I say, you know, from what we're aware of as vision management team, there are, there are pockets of this happening uh, already in church, and that's, and that's great, but we don't feel like it's really 
ingrained into our culture in, a, in the way that we think it will be so beneficial to us as a, as a community. So we are going to be looking to identify someone to lead this initiative to train mentors uh, and then to create a simple process of matching people up uh, with these mentors. It'll take us a few months to, to get this all in place um, because you know we're working with folk with busy lives and, and day jobs. Um, but we hope to see the first new mentor pairings uh, probably from the end of summer, that kind of timing. Um, and, and you know, these won't be forever relationships. They'll be for a, a set, um, you know, set time commitment, uh, and then the pair would, you know, reevaluate re together, and and also obviously talk to God about it, um, and see how that would go forward. So yeah, I hope that you can see uh, that this is something that has actually it's really simple. It's not a really complicated thing, but it's something that will have. Uh, real impact in our, in our community, or something that can have real uh, ability to stir us up uh, on an individual level and then as a community uh, as we go forward. So it's something I'm really excited about. Uh, I think it's going to be great. Uh, so yeah, watch this space for further details. And second drum roll. Uh, the next thing we're going to be doing is what we're calling Hope Impact Teams. Um, so why are we doing this? Well, I guess what I was saying about the prophetic words, we want to partner with them. There were words there about getting ready. There was words about us being a sent people and our effectiveness coming from being sent together and about pioneering into new places. Um, and actually being part of an impact team is an incredible way to outwork the things that get poured into you when you're being um, mentored and also help us um, you know, to be the disciples that God's called us to be. They allow us to use the gifts that God's given us um, and for us all to get activated, like for us to stir one another up and actually to run the race together. Um, the thing about the disciples, which Mark so helpfully pointed out, is actually that when they were with Jesus, they learned, they grew, and they were equipped when they were on his team. And the same thing with Timothy being on team with Paul. Um, and some of, for me personally, some of them, I've had some absolutely incredible times where I have seen God move in ways that I could never even have dreamed of or imagined. Um, he's used me in ways that I couldn't have imagined and I've just been completely undone and messed up and understood afresh who he is in ways that have profoundly impacted how I view him and how I see myself. So I remember um, one time I was in France and there was a woman who was instantly healed of a herniated um, disc in her back just by checking it out. Nobody even prayed for her. And then after that, we prayed for a woman who said that her pain level was 11 out of 10. Um, she was on 10 tablets a day. She had had back pain for eight years after a fall and she couldn't bend and she was completely healed. I met her like a year later and she was enjoying her new back. Um, and two other people that night were healed of sciatica. Um, a man who'd had hip pain for three years also healed. And then God healed a man with neck and ankle pain. And he'd had knee pain as well because he'd had three accidents. Uh, he had no cartilage in his knee and then was able to do things with his knee that he ought not to have been able to do and things that he couldn't, that he hadn't been able to do for 40 years. And you see things like that. You, you witness God moving in someone's life which completely changes their entire life and you're just like wow God and you're marked 
I'll never forget those people's faces or the reaction that they had to God breaking in their body after so much pain for so many years. So just wow. So how will we do impact teams? Well, they're going to be short-term teams um, with a specific focus. So that could be a short-term mission or ministry trip to another church. It could be a visit to um, another ministry. Uh, it could be a local outreach. It could look like um, ministering to the homeless. It could look like partnering with Glasgow City Mission uh, or Light in Life. It could even be going into businesses to prophesy and pray over them. So the idea is that we'll have um, a brief synopsis um, available about what the team is going to be doing, and then it will be opened up to anyone to apply to be part of it. Um, there'll be training provided prior, during, and a debrief at the end of the specific impact team. Um, our first step's really similar to what Mark was saying, recruitment um, of team leaders first, and then we will be identifying where the teams will go and when. So we're going to explain to you just how you can kind of respond to what that looks like. But before that, uh, we're going to just do some interviews by way of personal testimony. So I'm just going to hand over to Mark. Thanks, John. So I think, yeah, Anne and Joe are going to come and uh, share some of their experience. So this is going to be on the topic of the one-to-one -one mentoring. Do you want to come over here, maybe? Um, so, Anne, I know that you have been involved uh, with one-to-one -one mentoring, and, and we'll start with the fact that you have been mentored um, over recent years. And uh, just trying to find what I was going to ask you, although I think I probably know more or less. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, you've got the questions, well, you know. <laughs> Not that it's set up or anything. <laughs> um, I've got it. Thanks. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, so what I wanted to ask you, Anne, uh, about your experience of being mentored, you know, what, what would you say, I've heard you speak about this and, uh, you know, sing its praises, <laughs> but I wanted to, to, you to be able to um, share with, with us all, really, some of the main things that you've, that you've learned through it and, and really just how it's impacted you. Uh, well, you've been pleased to know I've got notes, so I'm not actually going to go on too long, but um, I, uh, Jan's been mentoring me for about 18 months now, <clears throat> and... Uh, Mentoring for me has meant sort of stepping into all that God has for my life. It's taught me to value the prophetic over my life in a way that perhaps I hadn't done before. Um, and it's required the odd push and challenge by Jan just to challenge myself and, and challenge me to believe God for the more. Do you know, sometimes we we'll challenge ourselves just a little bit beyond our comfort zone, but we don't really like challenging ourselves much beyond that. So just having somebody who believes in me and who says, give it a go, I think is a, a tremendous help. Um, I think at 60, um, I think I've learned more about myself in that time than I've ever done. And that's sad that I waited that long to do it, but it's great that there's no age limit on this. Actually, it's not about young or old mentoring young or young mentoring young. It's about us all being open to be connected and guided and mentored by each other. Um, I, I've understood more how I'm wired and what makes me me. It's inspired actually my own personal development. So a lot goes on outside 
what would be mentoring um, session meetups. I've learned to read more, study more, listen to Holy Spirit more, and take more faith risks, I think, which has been really important. And it's just so lovely in that journey to be celebrated and cheered as I challenge myself and I grow. I absolutely love it, actually. It's the most significant step, I think, that I've taken in a long while. Uh, I've learned so much about loving Jesus and about understanding myself. And I've actually seen myself grow. It's, it's so great when you see yourself develop and people say, oh my goodness, you're so, you've grown so much in that. It is a real, it's a real pleasure. That's brilliant, and thanks so much. And um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was, uh, I know that you, Joe's standing here because I know Anne you've uh, begun to, to mentor Joe, which is which is awesome. Um, and I wanted to ask, you know, what was it that made you want to to start to mentor somebody else? I think it, it it's mostly about overspill. I think one being mentored overspills into want wanting that for other people. Um, I think it is inspired by that. And I, I, I don't think there's many of you I've spoken to that I haven't been enthusiastically boring about just how amazing and how good it is to, it's not, it's not a, a peer and um, a peer, it's a peer relationship, not a, a, a mentor and mentee relationship. It's, for Joe and I, it's a connection of friendship. And actually we learn as much from one another. So even in mentoring, you're still growing and being mentored. Um, I've realized actually it's for everyone, just as Joe, just as Jan and Mark have been saying. Um, it's encouraging people to take hold of the prophetic over their lives. What has God destined you for? To believe it, to partner with it. And it's not age or stage limited. You can be eight or 80. It doesn't make any difference, actually. God's you still have more potential that God has put in you to be all that you're called to be. And I think standing with others and investing in others is a great thing to help them understand themselves, to help them to be all they're destined to be by God, to help them on a path to personal development themselves, to push themselves, to strengthen themselves, and, and just to develop healthy ways of thinking about themselves uh, as well as about God. So I love it. I would thoroughly recommend it. Thanks, Anne. And Joe, uh, thanks as well for coming and being willing to, to say a few words. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe it would be useful um, just to start, Joe, with uh, maybe explaining um, what was it that you saw in Anne that made you think, oh, I would love to, to get some of her time into my life. <laughs> oh, where do you start? <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess we started catching up, I think, within a couple of weeks even of having met really and and there was just something about Anne that was incredibly attractive that resonated that I thought I, I want to know this woman more I, there's something in my spirit that that can feel that there's a connection there's something there that I I long to get to know her better see what I can learn from her do life together um, connect um, so, yeah, I think it was definitely a kind of spirit-led thing, but equally just a, I could, I could tell there was, there was a, the potential there for a really good, deep friendship and accountability and connection and growth. So, yeah, I think that's what it was. 
Hopefully, yeah, hopefully and things. Um, and really, the other thing I just wanted to give you a chance to share something about was just your experience, really, uh, so far. You know, how how's one-to-one -one mentoring been for you, and uh, what kind of what kind of impact is it is it having uh, in your life? I guess I'd have to second pretty much everything that Anne's already said. Um, it's absolutely life transforming. I think um, to be able to meet with someone regularly and on a one-to-one, -one and to feel loved and valued and honored and invested in and someone who sees the best in you is spurring on, um, is challenging you <laughs> and, and probing and inquiring, but growing with you as well. So it's not a kind of, it doesn't feel hierarchical, it doesn't feel staged, it doesn't feel unduly structured. It is born out of a, a genuine care and love and connection to, to stir each other on and to be all that God has called us to be and to make the most of life and just go on that adventure and journey together. Um, and yeah, and doing life together in the midst of that as well and doing it at a pace that works for both of you. There's been times where we've um, had a little while where we've had to miss a few just because life has been so busy and then you just pick it up and you just pick up where you left off. Um, so yeah, uh, there's loads I could say. I don't mind catching up with anyone afterwards who's got any further questions, but I, I just can't speak highly enough of it. It has just transformed my relationship with God um, and life in general. So yeah, go for it. Thanks so much, Joe. And I, lo I love what you say about the sort of the flexibility aspect of it. And I certainly find that myself, like, because it is on a one-to-one -one basis, you know, you can be very flexible with, you know, I, I had, I, I used to catch up with Nick uh, during last year in my lunch break, you know, because that was the best time that it was going to actually work. And I'm sure, you know, that, that's, that's a real uh, benefit of it, isn't it? Um, great. Okay. Well, thanks so much. And now we have uh, the mighty Simon, who's going to answer a few questions for us too. So Simon, you have been part of various Hope Impact teams over the years, from as far north as Inverness to the streets of Glasgow and over to France. Um, how has being part of a team helped to equip and grow you, and how has it impacted your relationship with God? Um, yeah, so... Um a lot. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a combination of um, having a very concentrated time where you're just like, right, let's just do it. You know all the stuff that you keep on talking about? Like, I wish I just stepped out and tried this in the workplace and did this thing here and did this thing there. You just kind of say yes. It's like a bit like the Jim Carrey film, The Yes Man. And then it's just you saying yes to God for like 24 hours or 48 hours straight. Um, and, or if it's going out onto the streets, just having that sort of dedicated few hours where you're just like, right, let's just do it. Um, and it's scary, it's challenging, it's fun. Um, and in terms of what, um, uh, to answer the specific question, um, I found it spilled over into the rest of my life. I was then like praying for my line manager uh, while everybody else in the office is looking and you're just like, this is really uncomfortable, but I've done this before, so, you know, it's not as bad. Um, or um, having the space to really experience God's presence 
very palpably and powerfully, um, and becoming more familiar with that in different spaces. So it's not just in this room or in small group, but you start feeling it in lots and lots of different places, and you uh, flex that muscle of encountering God's presence in different spaces, and so it becomes more familiar as well, which is really important. Okay. So uh, quick, quick summary question, this one. What would be the top three things that you've learned about um, why God made, how God learned about how God made you and the way that he's gifted you? So top three things you've learned. Took a long time to try and distill this into three. Um, on the bus here. Um, no, it was a sen- big one is um, I'm a thinker and an experiencer. So I love to think deeply about things and I love to think, I experience God deeply as well. Um, and it just, it was great to see that be a helpful thing for other people. Um, so uh, I think that was number one, just feeling affirmed. It was like, ah, oh, I, I, I make sense, and what I have helps others, and it, it blesses others, and I think that's a really powerful thing, um, an affirming thing. Um, I learned that I really enjoy the wackiness of the supernatural. Um, for those of you who don't know my journey, I was super skeptical at one point, um, come from a slightly more conservative Christian background, and... Um, when I, when I was first introduced to experiencing God and movements and that sort of thing, I was like, yeah, no, thank you. Um, so things like Impact Team have been part of that journey of learning um, and enjoying the presence of God um, and, and the Holy Spirit moving. Uh, and number three is, um, yeah, just um, knowing and experiencing what it is, again, back to that previous point of um, uh, experiencing God's presence in lots of different spaces has been really important to me. Yeah. And then one sentence, what would you say to someone who's never been part of a Hope Impact team to encourage them to apply for one? You've added the one sentence bit now. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, You may think it's about convincing other people to be different, but it's actually about creating a sacred space where people can really learn who they are in the presence of God. Um, And it is an honor and a privilege to be part of um, doing that alongside the Holy Spirit in someone's life. So I couldn't recommend it anymore. Thank you so much. (laughs) So, um, just to finish, because I know that we need to get our kids, um, really just in terms of response, um, you know, how can can we respond to this? So, uh, first of all, for impact teams, please pray that God would open up opportunities for our church family, for where our teams can go. Um, And watch this space. The plan would be for the first impact teams to be sent out around April, May time for our first one, or before if possible. And if you feel like God is prompting or specifically speaking to you, you're sitting there being like, count me in, or you're just, God's been talking to you, then come and chat to me, please. If you are feeling like he's saying to you, you need to lead a team, or you just have an idea of somewhere we could go, or you want to invite us uh, somewhere, then then please um, do let us know. And over to you.
Yeah, just very quickly. Um, as I said, we hope to see the first one-to-one -one mentor pairings uh, probably from the end of summer, and we'll be uh, promoting that opportunity uh, more specifically near the time. However, if this is something that you've been stirred up by today and you feel like um, God's speaking to you about it um, today in the coming days, um, either to be mentored or, or to, to be a mentor, um, do come in and uh, have a chat with either myself or with Jan. We'd love to speak to you about that, and uh, you never know what might be possible. Um, and in the meantime, I just want to close by saying, um, recall what I said earlier as well about the heart of discipleship. At, at the heart of these interactions that spur one another on is speaking the truth in love to one another, speaking out and reminding what God sees about somebody, and also taking the time to listen. That's also really important. And these are all things, as I said before, that we can pursue in our existing relationships uh, and contexts. So let's be asking God how we can be embracing this culture of discipleship in our own lives. And let's be asking God how we can be stirring up one another to love and to good works so that individually and then collectively as a community, uh, we'll find that we are wholeheartedly running the race that God has set before us. Amen.